This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Devin Peacock is our sports guy. He's also a hard-working newsie down in the newsroom. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a, a bit of a tough day for people in the news business in Canada, Dev. An annoying day. It's not fully taking effect, but we have started to notice it on our end where like we were trying to do yesterday post uh, on Instagram, on our Instagram account, and we could not. And so uh, for, for a long time now, people may have been hearing about the Online News Act. This was passed by the federal government. It's not even fully in act yet. It, it comes into power in December. But uh, Google and Meta have been very frustrated by this because it largely, it almost completely uh, targets them, requiring them to work out deals with Canadian media uh, uh, owners uh, to uh, pay a percentage of the uh, the ad- advertising revenue they bring in uh, from repurposing uh, other right. Other, uh, so if they're, if they're using news stories that were written by Devin Peacock from Global News, then uh, they would owe Global News money if they're going to be posting that or using it. Yes, I don't. I don't quite understand Canada's perspective. I'm trying to understand it. Like, I guess on one hand, I think what happens a lot of times is. You know, for the news, uh, they have a benefit there where if you post it on Facebook or if somebody posts it on Facebook, it's driving traffic to their website. But often people don't even click on the story and they just see the headline, comment, so their product is being actively used and somebody's making money off it, but they're not getting any money if nobody's clicking through the web through Facebook. I would say you, to comment on a story, you have to click it first so that the 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 site gets some revenue and then you can go back and then comment on the story maybe like there are uh, there there is significant drive from social media accounts like facebook and Tons. twitter yeah. internationally Instagram. Too. So, but you, people, you would but argue that click. you yeah. would argue that it's a great promotional tool for these media companies and that they're not getting taken advantage of they're actually being promoted for free by Meta, you would think so. You would think, but again, if you're not clicking through, then they're not making money. But if you are clicking through, then they're yeah, it is driving revenue. You would think they. I mean, so Google and and Facebook. There's like Facebook News. There's Google News that uh, these links also appear on where they can repurpose, and you can they have avenue that's revenue that's tied to that. That and like they've been making like like a lot of money uh, yeah. from from this content. Um, what's going to change though is, and we started to see it today, yesterday, I had a little, uh, alert on my Facebook saying soon, like you will not be able to access news. And so what's going to happen is if you want to share a story from global news about what's happening with uh, the premier, the prime minister, whatever, you will not be able to access it or find it on Facebook. NBC News, for example, could even do a story about Canada. You would not be allowed to share it on your Facebook. That's how strict this is going to be. So effectively on Facebook and eventually on Google, Canadian news will not exist. Same thing happened in Australia. Now, the Australian government and Meta did reach an agreement rather quickly. They did. So when when this happened in Australia in 2021, there was a ban that lasted for about a week. Uh, people in Australia got very upset because 
Um, the ban also included important government health and safety information. Uh, Meta said back in May they've learned from the Australian experience and they will better fine-tune it for the Canadian example. What is important in Australia was one of the catalysts for that was Rupert Murdoch of Fox News. He owns a lot of media down in Australia. They came to an agreement with Fo- with Google and Meta, so they were kind of like a catalyst in terms of once that deal was done, that set the standard for everyone else, and they got a deal done. What's really difficult for Canada here is this is not just a Canadian story because Europe and the United States are looking at something very similar to what we're doing. So Facebook or Meta and Google look at Australia, they look at Canada, and they say, okay, well, if we set the standard with those two, then we can't make it easy for Europe and for the United States. And so we're kind of the canary in the coal mine here where we have the unfortunate uh, circumstance of being the ones they got to play hardball with because if they're easy with us, then Europe and the United States are much larger markets and the money that they would be potentially paying in those situations would be even greater. If people do want Canadian news, they can still get it, just not through Facebook and Instagram. You can easily type into your browser, globalnews.ca. That still works, right? That still works. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Vehicle thefts definitely on the rise, and I don't just mean cars and trucks. This isn't the first time we've heard about a golf course having all its golf carts stolen, Jim. Mm -hmm. OPP are investigating and asking for the public's assistance after 13 golf carts worth around $100,000 were stolen from a Central Elgin golf course on Tuesday. Uh, This is the Belmont Golf Club. Police say at some point overnight... Uh, someone entered the property, stole 13 Exgo gas-powered golf carts, and police are requesting assistance. If you saw anything, if you're in the area, you may have a recording of anything. You got a ring camera or something that could have picked something up. Let them know. I, I'm assuming they used a big truck. They, they just didn't get 13 guys to drive away in the golf carts. You don't think it was a gang convoy rolling <laughs> down the highway? Golf court convoy, no. Because this, is, this has happened before in the area where golf carts have been stolen, all of them at once. Yeah, yeah. I think part of the problem is that they all, I think most golf carts have a generic key that works Same for all key. of them. So sometimes they give you the key and they're like, you're on cart 21. But then other times they give you the key and like, just, just take whatever you want. Yeah, just make sure you use one of the green carts or the gray carts, yeah, you yeah. know, because they all they all start with the same key, key which is convenient uh, uh, for thieves as well as people running golf courses. Certainly. Here's another interesting theft that police uh, are dealing with in Hamilton. A man has been charged after Little League bleachers worth $10,000 were stolen. <laughs> The Ancaster Little League's aluminum bleachers were stolen June 27th. Investigators say that they have found a bunch of the seats at a near, nearby recycling facility. Of course. They scrapped them. A uh, 28-year-old man has been identified as one of the individuals uh, responsible for the theft. Great. Okay, so they at least they found the scrapyard. They could track the guy who brought it there because sometimes they'll pay them in cash, and it'll be completely untraceable. And before video cameras, 
Yeah. You're pretty much SOL. Yeah, it depends on the integrity of the scrapyard. Sure. Usually, if it's a reputable place, they'll ask for your identification and take your details down. But uh, yeah, there's ways ways around everything. Um, the police are still investigating. If you want to call Crime Stoppers, if you know anything about that one, they would appreciate your assistance because... It might be a two-man job to steal the bleachers. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Let's talk about a stupid criminal here. You have the right to remain stupid! It doesn't get much dumber than this. A man in Mississippi was sentenced to 40 additional years in state prison because he decided to break out of the prison he was already in, uh, held two people at gunpoint, um, the wild part of the story is he was months away from completing his seven-year sentence oh. when he broke out of prison. He waited that long. Huh. Seven years in, you break out months before you're going to be released anyways. Was he not keeping track with Roman numerals on the wall, which I assume they all do? Isn't that, like, did he not know how long he was in for? Roman numerals or the ticks? The ticks, I guess. One, I guess two, that's not three, Roman four, numerals. Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. One across. Yeah. <laughs> the wall's just full. That is crazy. Or it's one of those things like, you know, you watch a movie every once in a while, like Shawshank Redemption, and the prisoners leave, and they have no idea what to do with their lives. They're completely lost because their lives are so controlled. And some of them commit a crime immediately when they leave so they can go back in to some sort of structure. So I wonder if he was like, I don't, I don't want to leave prison. Yeah. So I might as well break out and get put back in for seven more years. Maybe he hates his family. <laughs> oh, God. I can't bear going home. Oh, man. Lock me back up for 40 more years. Oh, I think I have two annoying kids out there somewhere, too. Oh, I'm going to have to pay child support. Ah, lock me back up. Aggravated assault is what he was originally sentenced for. Uh, now he has a number of other charges that he's been convicted of. He uh, tried to steal a car, three people at gunpoint for hours, hostage situation. They caught him hiding in a trash can three kilometers from the prison. Huh. The the guy who's in charge of the prison says that the facility is going to improve its siren system. To prevent future escapes. Siren was too quiet. (laughs) I don't like the the gun stuff and holding somebody hostage, but I I find it interesting when people try to escape from prison. I got to be honest, especially when they get out. Like it blows my mind that they can do it. It must be surprising to them when it works. When they're getting away. I did it. That (laughs) moment where you're like, okay, now what do I do? Hide in a trash can. (laughs) It's one thing to have a plan to get out, but you need to have a plan for after you're out. Yeah. And it sounds like this guy was doing a little improv. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going back to prison for 40 years. You have the right to remain stupid. Nickelback has a documentary coming to the Toronto International Film Festival this fall all about him. And they're not shying away from the fact that there's people out there who don't like the band. The, the title of the film is Hate to Love Nickelback. All of that exposure triggered a reaction. Why does everybody hate Nickelback? Nickelbad. Nickelhack. Nickelbomb. Nickelcreed. Nobody picks up a guitar to be in the most hated band in the world. They were 
part of cancel culture before we had a name for it. It's kind of just like a long-running meme. They became the most hated band in music. We try and laugh it off. You can, you can laugh off about 90% of it, and some of it, it hurts. The complaints about Nickelback aren't unusual. Their songs are formulaic. But I think sometimes people want to hear vacuous dumb shit. He's an amazing frontman, you know? He's a badass. I've always felt a sense of loneliness about Chad. I don't have an identity without this band. This is going to be tough to talk about. I quit. To those of you who um, see this band as some big corporate sellout, um, fuck you. <laughs> wow. Almost makes me feel bad for Chad Kruger. And then you think about how he is living the dream up yeah, there on yeah. stage with pyrotechnics firing behind him in front of thousands and thousands of people every night, making millions and millions of dollars. And... I'd be okay with people hating me if if I could live that dream. Yeah, I think I could too because you always know that a certain amount of success, no matter what you do, people will hate you. And no. that's not necessarily why people hate Nickelback. But I, if I was Chad Kroger, I'm surprised they're even admitting that it hurts them. Like I would never say... 80% of it rolls off my back, but some of it hurts. I, I would say it never affects me. Never let anybody know that it affects you, because then they'll just double down. I kind of appreciate that, though. The honesty? How could it not, at some point, if you're getting so much thro negativity thrown at you, how could it not affect you? I think you wipe your tears with your $100 bills. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, they hate you because they ain't you. Yeah. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Nickelback. Hate to love. This September, it'll uh, debut at the Toronto International Film Festival, and thousands of people are going to be seeing the band perform in the Taz and Jim listening area coming up at Boots and Hearts. That's like next week, isn't it, Jim? Yeah, yeah, it's all weekend. I'm not sure what what uh, night Nickelback's performing, but it's the 10th to the 13th in yeah. Burles Creek. Coming up hot. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. Make sure you say I love you to Chad if you see him. Would you mind? Sounds Hold the like, sign up. Sounds like he could use a hug. Some of it, it hurts. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. If you are a truck driver, this story may frustrate you a bit here. I don't know what you're hauling right now. Is it pigs? Is it apples? Is it garbage? What you should be hauling is Taylor Swift's equipment because she just gave $100,000 bonuses to every truck driver working on her tour. It's amazing. That's huge. She's got 50 truck drivers. So she just dropped $5 million. Wow. To say thank you to her truck drivers. Her tour has raked in about a billion dollars. She's spreading the love? And so she's spreading the wealth around uh, the backup dancers, everyone else involved in the, in the tour. Apparently, also got very generous bonuses, but we don't know how much. We do know the truck drivers got 100 grand each. I US. I love when the celebrities pay it forward. Like, every once in a while you hear, like, Oh, Keanu Reeves bought all his stunt crew, all sick Harley motorcycles. And yeah. you go, what a good guy. But the stunt crews, they already have kind of a sick life, you know? They they have a cool job, a cool life. They That's, might have motorcycles already, too. They probably too. do. They probably are studs. I'm not saying truckers aren't. <laughs> not saying truckers sounds aren't. Like, it sounds like you are. But it's a, I love that they're getting a little love. This is awesome. Well, they work hard. Man, yeah. you're driving all night. The show ends. You get the truck loaded up. You're driving all night. It's, it's nonsense stop for however long the tour goes on. Sure. So. 75 women wearing pink swarm your truck every time thinking Taylor <laughs> Swift's in it.
<laughs> so kudos to Taylor Swift for uh, for being so generous. Uh, may uh, may have to become a Swifty over this one, Jim. Oh yeah, now you're yeah. a fan of the music. Uh, let's start a Swift quake. But sure, jump up and down. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. That would be that would be great. I wonder if they knew it was coming. Like when they signed on to the tour, Taylor said, "You know, depending on how much money we make on the road, you'll get X dollars if you complete the entire tour." Or if it was just a surprise. If it was just a surprise, that's incredible. Oh, they were probably all crying. Yeah, yeah. But if it was like, okay, if everybody does their circle checks and we get no DUIs on this tour, <laughs> Gary, I'm looking at you. We all get a bonus. $100,000 each for the truck drivers on Taylor Swift's tour. Time for sports. Devin Peacock is here. And he's going to tell us about a new way we can watch the Super Bowl. Yes, so there's going to be two different Super Bowl uh, broadcasts this year. Super Bowl 58 will be, uh, you know, the the regular broadcast, but also Nickelodeon is going to be broadcasting the uh, Super Bowl this year as well. It's going to be more kid-themed. But Nickelodeon has done some football games in the past. They've done some Christmas Day games in the past. Yeah, they're fun. I've I've, I've watched with the claw coming down to pick up uh, the quarterback and slime getting dumped on the players. SpongeBob SquarePants is making appearances on them. It's great. I, I think it's a smart idea for a number of reasons. A, uh, for kids, it's a bit more enjoyable. B, you have a whole set uh, for the league. It's, it's it's a whole set of like advertisers that you can uh, bring into the product. You can sell the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. The NFL is just really, really smart with finding multiple ways to broadcast their product. I've in the past been very uh, uh, positive and, and, and complimentary of the ESPN broadcast that pays and Eli Manning do the Manning cast in addition to Monday Night Football. That is a fun watch. The NFL, the way they broadcast and sell their sport is really the model for other leagues. Like the NHL in a couple years has their uh, media rights coming up, their Canadian media rights. Of course, we've gone through the past 12 years with Rogers and Sportsnet. If the NHL is not in some way incorporating both TSN and Sportsnet and trying to squeeze every bit of dollar they can out of those two big companies. And YTV and TVO for the kids. Truly, uh, they they are missing uh, out on opportunity and money. Yeah, why wouldn't you do get our buddies from Spittin' Chicklets there on the on the side of a hockey game. You yes. know, just uh, just talking nonsense while the game's going on, having fun. Absolutely. Like find different ways to to sell the product. Uh, the spitting chiclet guys would be perfect to have, you know, a different version. It doesn't have to be, you know, hockey night in Canada necessarily. No, they but could, the alternate broadcast yes. like they do with the Mannings. Absolutely. You know, like TNT was really got some high praise for the way they did uh, their intermission shows. I mean, a lot of people, I've been very critical of the way uh, the Hockey Night in Canada broadcasts have gone. Ron McLean is just really stale at this point. The entire, in, in my opinion anyway. <laughs> it's awkward. Uh, you know, specifically watching the playoffs, it's like they're kind of, the TNT, like Shaq, Charles Berkeley, they're arguing with each other, but it's like funny and they're roasting each other. On the on the uh, Hockey Night in Canada broadcast, they're like arguing with each other, but it's tense and awkward and the transitions Seems are like weird. Seems like they don't like each other in real life. A little bit. Well, TNT even, they've, they've got Wayne Gretzky and Paul Bissonette, like on the same set. Yeah, and they, like, talking about fun. 
and chick. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's it's great. And so I'd like to see like there's so much different we could be doing in this country just for the intermissions. Like Ron McLean is just boring at this point. I think we need to slime them, guys. Let's it's, slime it's Ron fi- McLean. I think it's fine to have the boring. <laughs> like it's fine to have a boring guy to be the staple. The, the he's the guy who comes back from the commercials and then throws yeah. it to the personalities. That's, that's fine. I, that's what I'm here for. That's the boring. <laughs> Boring you're guy. You're the fun guy, Dev. That is Dev, fu- you're the you're the pizzazz. <laughs> See, Ron, that that is fine. Although I don't need Ron McLean doing like some ra- random Robert Robert Frost poem, yeah. telling me whatever small town every single person's from. I don't <laughs> care if someone's from you know. I little, like that stuff. Little town Alberta. I don't care. I do like that stuff. I know it's corny. He's a small town boy. Well, it's, it's they fine, get their but, shine every once in a while. But like you know? every time he would talk, like if we if he was talking to Jim today, Ron McLean would have said, "Oh, Mitchell, uh, you know Mitchell's own Jim Kelly. Mitchell's like we get it. Oh, Jensen Mitchell, Howie yeah. Morenz, yeah. yeah, and Jim Kelly. But then he would say, "By the way, Jim Kelly Mitchell, Mitchell." Jim but then Kelly. everybody in Mitchell's like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> we better tune in." I don't like Ron McLean. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> Isn't he gone? Is Ron McLean leaving? I do no, like Ron McLean. He's back. I've always enjoyed Ron McLean. I've had the pleasure of meeting him a bunch of times. Ron, if you're listening, I think you're a great guy. <laughs> but then what do I know? I'm the boring guy on the show. So <laughs> He's not going anywhere because there was talk that he was going to get the boot. He's back. Kevin BX is back. I don't know if the whole gang is back, but uh, he's back. The, the bottom line is the NHL needs a rejig, and if they're looking for a, a a, a way to do it, look at the NFL. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. There's a debate raging online. People are going back and forth like a tennis match. <laughs> back and forth. Arguing over what color are tennis balls. Okay, Jim, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three. Huh? You tell me what color you think tennis balls are. Okay? Okay. And I will say what color. Is this color, a trick question? I will say what color I think okay. tennis balls are, and we'll see if we match up. One, two, three. Green. Yellow. Green. Yellow? <laughs> <laughs> now, I understand green. They're kind of yellowish green. They're like a very yellow. But you, Technically, you, you think yellow. When you see tennis ball, you think yellow. I'm thinking, I think green. That's your instinct, is you think green. I think when it comes out of the out of the tube, the three ball tube, super satisfying to open a tube of tennis balls. By the way, absolutely smells great. Yeah, they're yellow when they come out of the tube, but if they are in the backyard in the rain for a couple months, they do turn green. They're which may be their native color. You know what I mean? There was a poll. Nine thousand people were asked what color are tennis balls. 55% of people said normal tennis balls are yellow. 38% said green. That seems high for green. So I see I think that sounds high for yellow. If a kid- 7% said they're not sure what color a tennis <laughs> well, ball is. Those people are pathetic. Pick, Pick a side, you loser. <laughs> but fence sitters. <laughs> but Net sitters. No, tell me though, if a kid is you pl- drawing something with crayons yeah. and they and the tennis scene is happening, they're picking yellow the 9 yellow times crayon? out of 10. I would pick the green. I, d- I doubt it. Not like a grass green. It's like a, it's a light green. It's a very yellowish green. Some say fluorescent yellow. Flo- like is it a fluorescent yellow or is it I'd a green? I'd say fluorescent fluorescent green, a neon neon green. <laughs> but I mean it's like what color is the sky? It's blue. Well, it's actually gray or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like what does it look like perceptually blue? 
right now, even though it's not totally blue. Here's an interesting fact. Did you know tennis balls were originally white? They were switched to yellowish green in 1972 so they'd show up better on TV. Just for TV? That's interesting. That's why tennis balls are whatever the heck color they are. (laughs) It does work. You can see them on TV and they're going 100 miles an hour. Let us know what you think. 1-833-TAZ-AND-JIM. Text, call, tell us what color tennis balls are. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, you, you showed me this video yesterday. The uh, the bear that might be a guy in a costume over there on the yeah, other side yeah. of the world. It's it's in China. and Look at that. That's nice and shiny. Every once in a while you'll see a story where it's like, this lion in the Chinese zoo turns out was a labradoodle. They painted orange and put stripes on or to that'd make it look a like tiger. a tiger or yeah, whatever it is. I, I, but there was another one where they like shaved a dog and it did look like a lion, like from a distance, kind of. Uh, this one is a Chinese zoo is denying its bears are humans in bear suits <laughs> because there's a viral photo of a bear standing on its hind legs. And the thing about the bear, it looks kind of skinny and it's got a couple of fur folds near its butt area. Yeah, like the costume's bunching up a bit at the back. And then also, around its neck, there's a bit of a discoloration where it almost looks like it's a dark screen where a mascot wearer could be looking through for the fake eye. Like, you look (laughs) through that neck part, and then the fake head is above it. And also the head looks like... The head's a little too high up or something, The head's high, and then it also looks like it's taxidermied almost, because the mouth is always kind of agape, just slightly. The thing that I... It's the arm Arms for me. The arms look like the way the bear is holding its arms out. Yeah, looks looks like a guy who's having a conversation and waving his hands around, like you know an Italian I mean? guy like, gesticulating. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but like, it's not hard to prove whether or not it's a real bear. Has anybody? Called the authorities to just make sure? The, well, I don't think authorities have been called, but the, the zoo is assuring people it is 100% a real bear. It's a certain breed of bear where it kind of looks a little different. It's specifically a sun bear is what they call it, and they're okay. usually just found in China. And they're not that huge. They're usually the size of a large dog. When they stand on their hind legs, though, they'll be uh, 1.3 meters tall on their hind legs compared to... 2.8 meters that a grizzly would be. So it's about half the size of a bigger species of bear. But they are saying we 100% this is 100% a sun bear. It's a bear. And I do believe it is. If you look close enough, I I do believe it is a bear. But when you first see <laughs> it totally looks like a first, guy in a costume. It's just it's standing on its hind legs so for sure. That's what and but you know, I think people are surprised when bears stand on their hind legs. Like it's it's a skill that m- most bears have and they'll even learn in nature. Yeah. And actually that's one of the theories of why people think they see Bigfoot or Sasquatch in the forest. It's late, it's dark, you know, and there's something on its hind legs that's furry. If you did see something, it is likely a bear. It's funny to watch them walk on their hind legs, too. Yeah, it looks like a fat guy, like, looking for something in the fridge. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they're kind of, like, wobbling yeah, yeah. like around. Like, okay, what do we got in here? <laughs> now, this, would be a, this is a good way for this bear to attract prey if it's into eating humans. Nobody believes it's an actual oh, bear. Hello, fellow humans. Is this where you have a smoke break at the zoo? Oh. <laughs> Let's go say hi to that guy in the bear costume. <laughs>
Whoops. But at the bottom of this article, they also say this is other specific examples of Chinese zoos uh, actually ripping people off. They've passed off dogs dyed to look like wolves or African cats and donkeys painted to look like zebras. So forgive us <laughs> for guessing it might be a human in a bear suit. <laughs> it's the boy who cried dog dressed as a wolf. <laughs> 